0: all right we we are in titus we are in lesson two um and do you uh uh Margaret and uh Bob, do you have the lesson uh number two um if you' don't grab that and then also i I don't know in your class do you have the mics too, microphones okay, so knowing when to comment hitting them on and and all that all right, all right. um we are looking at uh, Titus, and uh, we've looked at the first few verses now in four and five. Uh, we, we, we got through question one last week. <laughs> uh, we, 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 Bobby will understand now our schedule here, how how this goes. Uh, we had eight questions, we got through one last week. So in
1: medicine, we call call this let me put on mind. <laughs> in medicine, we call this therapeutic inertia. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know what we call it. I call, we call it our, our our normal. I think it's uh, um, all right. So, well, we should have an easy one. This the, in question two should be an easy one. Was Titus a Jew? No, he was a Gentile. So, if you give that answer, you have to tell me why you say that.
2: He wasn't a, Jew.
0: <clears throat>
2: he was a Jew. He was not a Jew. Not a Jew. And, uh, <clears throat> and Titus was one of the ones who didn't get circumcised. And Paul said, that's not a requirement. You're not a Jewish person. You don't have to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. So which verse tells us that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows it, but nobody knows the verse. How about Galatians? Okay, Donna, if you've got it. Okay, mic on. Galatians 2, verse 3. So
1: you got to do homework here. Huh? Yeah, you actually so. do.
0: <laughs> I think I'm
1: going back to James here. <laughs>
2: But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you.
0: So, though he was a Greek, and again, as what uh, Donna just read and what Russ said, he was not compelled to be circumcised. Or was, was compelled to be circumcised, but did he, was he circumcised? No. 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 So, Titus was a Greek Gentile. He had probably become a Christian under the influence of Paul, and he subsequently became one of the apostles' proteges. We see that, and we saw that in Titus 1-4. Titus had been with Paul since the apostles' early ministry. He accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their first mission of mercy to Jerusalem, to the Jerusalem church. When Paul was laboring in Antioch of Syria, which was Titus's home, that happened before paul's first missionary journey and we see that in galatians two one and acts eleven twenty seven through thirty so again he he was uh he was a Greek. he was not a jew uh but he was probably one of uh paul's uh closest when we see Timothy and Titus some of his closest uh um, assistance, uh, people he trusted and, and brought along on his missionary journeys. And we'll see we he's setting up, uh, the churches in Crete. Um, he trusted him for that. So Titus was a, a close, uh, friend and, and, uh, a missionary partner for Paul. So, uh, anything else on that? And pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, so question three. This is kind of an interesting one, and and Joanne Lockwood noticed something last week. So, how many letters did Paul use the term grace and peace? Thirteen. Thirteen. One, two, three. Four. Thirteen. You are correct. You are correct. And my homework. It
1: it's not showing in Hebrews, and I don't know if it's just my translation, but in Hebrews. Well, every
2: no.
0: piece of well, the other reason is who wrote Hebrews?
2: There, it's on. not tall.
0: <laughs> this, this is the jump ball. Donna, um, <laughs> the, 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 we're the, we're the you need to you the pull it. Okay,
1: you want to pull well, it closer? It's not close enough.
0: Um. So the question was, how many letters did Paul use? Oh,
2: Paul. Okay.
0: <laughs> so the the discussion is whether Paul wrote Hebrews or not. And blah, 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 blah. so, um, in in verse four of of Titus, to Titus, my true child in common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. So it's interesting. Every one of the the uh, of Paul's epistles has this this term in it. These terms. And so, if you look at Romans one seven, to all who are to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called his saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He closes in Romans sixteen twenty, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So again, he usually clo- he opens with grace and peace and ends with grace on every one of these. So I read read another one. Um, uh, uh, Philemon, uh, let's see, was that? yeah Philemon 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of Philemon 25, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with, be with your spirit. So, <laughs> my, my, my uh, question was, just guessing, what do you think was important in Paul's teaching? Grace. Grace and peace. <laughs> Pretty obvious if you, every one of his, his epistles begins with grace and peace to you and then ends with grace. Yeah. Bob.
1: Well, you know, if you think about it, peace can only follow grace, can it? I mean, it, it, they're really tied in one to the other.
0: Perfect. You know, I think that's a great, you, without grace, do you have, do you have peace? Be awfully hard in this world, you know, to be under grace is to be under, or the reigning principle of grace. And if you're you're uh, under grace, you have peace
1: is that peace with God or peace of God? yes
0: <laughs> I can go back to the other classes <laughs> i you know it's from i it's from i think um and that yeah it's uh I think those were yeah in in the Philemon peace from god um and grace and peace from God these are all from God's, I believe, mm-hmm. so and um, that's, yeah, yeah, Mike.
2: You know, when we studied the grace class, one of the great things we learned was, in fact, that grace has to be learned. That yeah. there's nothing going into Christianity that would qualify you to understand what grace really is. Mm-hmm. And so I think Paul makes a point in every one of his epistles that grace is the hallmark of everything that I'm writing to you, no matter who he's writing to and it's important that believers grow in, in understanding how grace what grace is and how it works. Yeah, cuz we don't know.
0: Uh isn't it what is second you know, Peter 3:18, grow in the grace and knowledge. Yeah. So he's t- Paul is telling you yeah. you know, grow in the grace and knowledge. Those yeah. are the keys. And uh you know, the other is I think in uh what's Romans 5 it's where we it says that grace is the reigning principle now yeah that's what we live under that's the operating system we live yeah. under but as you I, I think it's i think your point is taken in in that most most believers don't know i think what grace is mm-hmm. i think grace is, to most is you know kindness or a, a gift mm-hmm. or or you know something grace is a reigning principle yeah that's the principle that we live under and I think most believers don't understand that. And I, I think, do. as you said, tr- learning it. And I think a lot of people don't. And, and again, they don't have the peace okay. <laughs> that comes along with that. We were just said that, yeah.
2: Well, and I was thinking, too, if, you, if you're raised in a church that's under a legal system, mm-hmm. how do you live under grace? You can't.
0: You can't. Yeah. And that was, a t- that was a teaching that, you know, in the grace class. And, and Galatians is really the, the book that lays out, Law versus grace and you can't have them together. Yeah. It, you know, it was, a, it was basically almost a legal treaties of, of, you know, law versus grace and they can't, co- they can't coincide together because, you know, and, and we've said the, the, the best definition we've had is from a colleague, you know, the unlimited and unmerited uh, blessings from God based on the finished work of Christ on the cross. So unmerited law is a, is a merit based system. So grace, that we define it as unmerited. So those two can't go together. So, yeah, it's totally law and grace don't, don't coincide.
2: One, one other comment about that, like you're talking about the 24 kids or 25 kids that, uh, you know, hopefully the whole profession of faith is based on a response to the grace rather than any sort of, well, you you need to do this, you got to do this. Yeah. No. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not asking whether they did or not, but the, it's so important to start right. Right. You know.
0: Well, you know, again, we we've kind of had that discussion. You know, there is simple faith that you know, yeah. even though you have a lot of periphery and a lot of crud on it, yeah. if the basic you know truth of of the gospel is there, yes, there's a lot of chaff, there's a lot of stuff, yeah. but and they may not grow for years, or or in their entire life, they may not grow that much, because of the limitations of of people not understanding grace, not understanding identification truths, all those type of things. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, you covered this, I'm sure, before, but, you know, I think of Titus as really expressing his letter in truth, and and truth is a major feature of verse 1. Right, (laughs) And, and the truth really makes grace founded upon itself right? Like truth i mean it's it's really a theme of titus i think that comes through the interpret.
0: well and i think i think uh did i have that on the first you know uh kind of th- the verse.
1: verse 14 about the truth that the jews were not recognizing <laughs> yeah i'm
0: just I th- i'm trying to remember if i quoted the verse that uh that grace and truth were realized in christ yeah So grace and truth were realized through him. Truth was realized through him, and grace was realized through him. And I should look at I don't know the verse right now, but it basically says that they were realized in Christ, truth and grace. And I think what what we also found in the first uh, verses is, you know, also God can't lie; (laughs) it's true. And, and the reason why as we'll get into it is, is, and, and I guess Mike got into it on the first lesson. <laughs> who, who did, uh, Titus get set up with? Where, where was he in charge of? The church at Crete. <laughs> and they were known what? Liars. Liars. Well, finally, they are known liars. We'll get into that in the, in the verses. They are liars. And <laughs> that's, you know, funny cause we call it, you know, if you, he, he's a Cretan. You know, we still have used that. I mean, I remember as a kid, we were, "You're a Cretan," you know, what kind of a, you know, blah person or whatever. I don't know if it meant liar, but it was just kind of you're kind of that. Ugh. So, uh you know, <laughs> obviously, it had an impact that you know, 2,000 years later, they're still we're still referring to Cretans as nasty people. Well, the other thing in verse 4, too, it says to Titus, a true son. Right. <laughs> well. Yeah, and that's, we, we, we kind of addressed that in, in the first question is the intimacy, um, yeah. a, of, you know, he, a true child, a child in the, in the fact that he was probably, you know, led to the Lord by Paul. And so he sees him as, and, and he's a mentor to, to Titus. So he's calling him, that, that shows just the, the relationship that he has with Titus is that he calls him his child. <laughs> And Timothy, I think he does too um those are those two were probably the the most intimate partners of Paul in all of his ministry, yeah you know Luke followed him along all that and but but Timothy and Titus are the ones he left in charge at ephesus and and uh crete and and he sends Titus to Dalmatia and in a while and all that so he he's a trusted child, true child, the intimacy of that relationship um so uh, the, the, so again, the grace, um, grace is the, uh, the topic or the, the thing that Paul just wants to impart in every person in every epistle uh, is about grace. And I think, again, we have to learn about grace. Um, I, and I guess a couple things, a couple prime points from teaching on grace, we see. From John, yeah, oh, here it was. This was what it was in John seven, one, John one seventeen. I knew I had it in here somewhere. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. That's the verse, John one seventeen. Paul then explains in Romans a key facet of grace now, and this is the uh, reigning principle. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's where grace is now the reigning principle through Christ. That's what we live under is grace. We don't have to do anything. It's, it's, it's now, I remember in our grace class, it's just say thank you. That, that's the key. Just say thank you. And I remember there was, That was when you're a teacher and you get it thrown back in your face. This is really the tough part. I remember uh, April. It was during we were all coffee fanatics, and so so she she'd given me a a coffee thing. I said, "No, don't do that, Courtney. What do you say? (laughs) Just say thank you. We're under grace." So it is. Grace is unmerited. Nothing we do. There, you know. And some of the hungry hearts in the last week or so have been that way too. Where it's just saying, you don't do anything for this, and you don't be. It's because you're being good that you get blessed, or you're doing whatever. Or if you you stumble, you're not. You're not any less of a of a. Child of God loved by Him eternally. It's not predicated on what we do. And what a relief that is that it's not based on us. Grace is totally not based on us. Thankfully, I stumble all the time. You know, if it was based on my performance, it'd be a pretty, pretty gloomy picture. But grace is not based on us. It's based and it's, and it's, uh, unlimited. That's the other thing, which I think we we think we focus on the unmerited, but it's unlimited too. When you look at Ephesians, that we have been blessed with what all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. So unlimited, Mike, you can say.
2: I was going to say that uh, there's so much um, and. and The study that we're doing at the main service in in chapters one, two, and three, and four. Yeah. It's all about grace, and it's about how it works, and it's about, it's not a ritual. You know, it's not a rite. It's not all of these things. It's faith in what God has done. Faith is a non-meritorious act. And so, I don't think Paul ever stops teaching all the nuances of grace throughout all of it all of his letters and probably the greatest ignorance in christianity is the ignorance of grace they, people
0: well we can go back to this i think it's because of the lack of knowledge of the identification truths because if you don't understand that you
2: or just justification look at yeah. chapter three and four of romans it's like you know, sometimes i wonder did any christians ever read these chapters
0: I, you know i look in the mirror yeah. You know, as a brethren, you know, I really didn't get the what the brethren had taught a 100 years ago. Yeah, and it's and it's very deceptive of of the yeah. flesh and Satan to to get us away from that. You know, I'm it, it, it's it's clearly there. Yeah, you know, and then we Galatians 2:20, 2, Second 2 Corinthians 5:17, all these ones that perfectly say you know, what our identification is and what it means. You know, I've been, I've been crucified. I've, you know, I'm a new creature. Sure. All that, you know, comes up to, well, Romans five, where we get the reigning principle. Then what do we get in Romans six Mm -hmm. is all the identification, our co-crucifixion. Yeah. All of that then steps up and then, you know, we get into seven where what am I doing in in my flesh? There's nothing good. Then you get into eight. And, and again, I think that's what's missed and, and, there are, we've had this discussion a hundred times, you know, there are believers that have just a rudimentary, you know, faith in Christ's finished work, mm-hmm. but they can't grow because they, they're, they're trying to work. They're trying to under a law. They're trying to do merit. They're trying to do things. And, and it's not a grace based, you know, system that they understand.
1: Well, I think it has to be founded in positional truth.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, the position is in what we find in Romans six. Is that we're, were but, crucified with him and placed into him.
1: But how many believers don't understand their position? Oh, totally. That's, mean, it, 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 if you're, you're missing out on that.
0: Well, and, and the flesh and Satan love that because you're always striving to do something. And that's why no peace, no rest, all the things that, you know, Paul is talked, grace and peace, you don't realize if you don't understand
2: that. I missed my chance last night when Leslie McCauley called to tell me about J.D. I said to her, I said, well, how are things going out there? She said, well, not so good. <laughs> and then she told me, and I and Malloy would have said, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: You know, <laughs> I mean, those are those ones that I would uh, say, you have to be a special person to be able to say that. Otherwise, it's like, you crumb. <laughs> <laughs> you, he, 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 yeah, yeah, that, yeah. how could get away with that one. I, I don't know if many people could do that too much. Uh, praise the Lord to your suffering. Yes. Uh, anyway, so one one of the uh, Joanne hit me up last last week um, and said, "Did you know there's one difference in all those epistles and the grace and grace and peace?" No, I didn't. I, you know, I, I scanned them all of them. But do you know which one? There's a difference in one of the epistles. Everyone was grace and peace to begin with and grace to end with. There was one that was different, and it, and it, it added something. Anybody know what that is? Joanne found it.
1: Well, it, presumably, mercy is not in Titus in the original translation. Well, it, well it, interesting. I, I, I have it crossed out in my Bible. There must be a reason for that.
0: Huh. Yeah, you know, because it, it's not. The only one that, and that was the word, in 1 Timothy 1-2, to Timothy, my true child in faith, again, the intimacy that he has with Titus and Timothy, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the only one out of all of those that he added mercy. Well, in the New,
1: New King James, in, in Titus, it's grace, mercy, and peace.
0: See, I didn't get that in mine. Mine doesn't, mine didn't show that. So, that, interesting on the, uh, in the translation. So, well, I should look, well, I could actually look at the Greek and see, um, if it's in there. Yeah, no,
2: I've sketch. got it in mine in
1: Christ.
2: Christ's mercy. King James has mercy. A new American Standard does it. Yeah, New American Standard doesn't. Yeah. So. I, let me pull this up here
1: well anyway i wouldn't get bogged down with it. no it just it was
0: interesting it was just the one the one that was well and now that's funny that it's in titus but maybe not in titus
1: well again i've got across that which means i yeah. somebody taught me that because i probably or I studied it way back when but if i turn to what i have in blue letter bible it still shows it in the I find the Blue Letter Bible interlinear is not really the true interlinear. If you go back to the original text, so maybe maybe that's where I picked that up. I yeah, it' interesting. It, it is not in the Greek. But if you think about how how does mercy relate to grace? I mean, uh, mercy is not getting what we deserved, and grace is getting more than we ever deserved. I mean, God, that's simplistic. But I mean, I don't know. Don't you think mercy precedes grace? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, I mean, and and you, you get a, a good point. It's two different aspects of it. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, deserved, and grace is getting every every everything you don't deserve. To, yeah. you did. Yeah. Do with those these things
1: the
0: Yeah. Well, but but interesting. I, I do not see it in the Greek in uh, in pitus
1: I don't see it. and That's why that's interesting. Oh, you do. You you agree you agree with that that, yeah. that it's not there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what about Timothy in the Greek? Tim, if, if Timothy
0: it's still then, there, Timothy. And yeah. Timothy. Uh let me what was it? Uh Timothy what was it? Oops. Interesting. Um it was Timothy first Timothy one, two. Come on. All right. First Timothy.
1: What first Timothy? First Timothy one, two. 1, two. 2. One two
0: yeah. Just out of curiosity, mercy is there in the Greek. In the Greek, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's interesting why your Bibles, yeah, put through that in there, the the translation. Yeah, interesting because yeah, the new. I didn't even look at that because in the NASB it was not, you know, so. I, you know, I went through all the verses to see and that, that was, huh, interesting. The only thing,
1: only word that's added is and. It's in italics, so it wasn't in the originals.
0: Uh, in, the uh, first Timothy? Yes. Which, yeah. It's, it's just but yeah. Um. Huh, interesting. Alright. Um, we can move on. Question four. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. Yeah. What does Paul anticipate when he when he calls Christ our Savior? What does he when you say Christ our Savior? What does that what does that conjure up? Or what is he what is he trying to focus on? Christ our Savior. Well, does that reflect to whom it's being written? Yeah, it, it's it's more of well. Anybody else?
1: Well, two eleven says, "For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men." So I guess the term Christ Jesus would lead to him being the savior. I mean that's how salvation comes.
0: Yeah, he adds that savior part, not just Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. He now Christ, our you know our savior. So it's a, it's a different aspect to what he's he's addressing here. It's a is, he's addressing him as the way of salvation. So. Um, and we'll basic, basically I'll read through um, one through five, or yeah, one through four. Pause, so we we can get the the context here. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, in the hope of eternal life. So again, that's in the beginning in verse two. Which God, who cannot lie, what we're talking about, <laughs> the truth. Uh, promised long ages ago, but at the proper time manifested even his word in the proclamation with which I was entrusted according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, my true child, in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father, in Christ Jesus our Savior. So he's focusing on the salvation aspect of it. First, uh, in the hope of eternal life, and then he says, Christ Jesus our Savior. So he's linking those two, Together, um, if you look in verse two, the noun hope must be understood in the biblical context. We use the word hope. Uh, we use the the word hope to express doubt. As I hope I'll see you again. Hope in the biblical sense does not express doubt, but uh, fu- future event, S- secure, but in the future. So again, uh, in the hope of eternal life. So that's a secure hope. It's not, as we say, we doubt it or do anything like that. Then also, uh, we, we see in Titus 2.13 illustrates the meaning more clearly, uh, speaking of the return of Christ as the blessed hope. So in 2.11 through 13, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. Again, the same message, salvation in Christ. Salvation is only through Christ. He is our savior. So again, he's, he's really pounding on, uh, on the fact that salvation is only through Christ. Christ is our savior. Yeah. I
2: was going to say that, 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 uh, so many times we're taught that, that well, John 3:16 or this verse or that verse. There's there's a concept that saves you or a, <laughs> a biblical verse that saves. No, it's, that, it's not that that saves you. It's the person who does it. Yeah. And it's the work that he accomplished that um, allows him to do such a thing. Because God didn't just say, "Well, I think I'll save now." You're you know, right. It cost him.
0: Well, you know, if you look at it from from an eternal standpoint, the the covenant was made before we even we were even an entity. Yeah. The covenant was set up. He knew and yeah. he created us with the knowledge that he would have to pay for our sins to yeah. to have the relationship, the eternal relationship with him. And and so it it it's one of those ones where I, I, again, I he knows eternally past attorney future but it still requires us to have simple faith that's the only thing which is non-meritorious you know we've been saved by grace through faith so a gracious act he didn't have to offer us he paid for the sins but we still could be in our sins and and not have the uh the salvation but he offered us graciously salvation if we believe
2: you ever think about the fact that it also required god to do what he did through christ Oh, absolutely! You had no other way to do it,
0: right? Which, you know, to me, when you put the whole thing together, it's kind of amazing. You're, you're a dad and a father's day, and your son. I got this great plan. <laughs> you're gonna die. You're yeah. gonna be separated from me. You're gonna take all the sins of all these people. And I'm gonna basically turn my back on you. You're gonna be alone, and you're gonna take all those sins. In the end, I'm going to raise you up, and you, you'll be seated in my right hand for eternity. Everything is, you know, wonderful. Well, by
1: the way, you'll
2: be so, a man.
0: Yeah, right, and yeah, we're going to throw you into a man. Yeah, yeah all that little thing. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, we're going to, we have to we have to take you out of of our relationship. You'll still be God, but you're a fully man at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. what kind of plan is that? I mean, what a Father's Day message. <laughs> <laughs> you know, To reflect on that, what a
1: tremendous gift we have. Oh. oh. Boy. oh. Yeah. Man, it's incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: Name a better gift. You know, it's just like these. I, and all I keep,
1: free on our behalf.
0: And, and I keep telling, you know, the staff and the counselors. I, I was talking to Dan yesterday, Dan Faulkner, the camp the director. And, and even I, I, t- I told J.D. and Addie, and, you know, going down and serving at Camp Elam. You know you're going down there and you're being used by God to bring for bring the word to people, you know ultimately, it's going to be you know the the Holy Spirit convicting him and all that, but you' you're it's not just a summer camp these kids twenty four of them their eternity has changed, their eternity has changed, not their summer has changed, but their eternity has changed. That's an incredible thought. That, you know, being down there and 24 people's eternity have changed. I mean, what better, what better thing for a camp or a person is, you know, to have that many souls changed for an eternity. You know, so I, I always try to encourage them. It's not just a summer camp or a summer job or anything like that. You're bring you're being used by God to bring sal- the salvation gospel word to kids. So it's not just a summer summertime employment. So you know, again, et- eternal eternal changes. So anyway, um, let me see here. Uh, what time we got? Yeah, we're you're done. <laughs> we're done. Um, I'm just trying to see. I think I had. Well, you know, we're talking about the Titus two eleven through thirteen. Um, where he says, uh, salvation to all men, the blessed hope, savior of Christ, Je- savior, Christ Jesus. The second coming is an assured fact, but is also hope in that it lies in the future. Our hope is assured because it is, it is linked to the trustworthiness of God who cannot lie. Remember the first verse, God can't lie. Actually, it was one of the verses I just went through this morning, actually, that God can't lie. Um, what am I going through? Um Hebrews, I think, as a God can't lie. And uh, again, the the importance of that is you're in Crete <laughs> with a bunch of liars. So I'll have a little bit more to finish up on that, but then uh, we'll get on to question five. So any other final comments? All right, let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you again for this time. We just think about all that we have discussed this morning about uh, grace and mercy, peace, uh, salvation through Christ, um, all these things that uh, we couldn't have come up with. It's your plan and your plan of salvation. And again, the thought of you, Father, allowing your son to take on the form of man and to then bear all the sins of all humanity for all time, And uh, again, nothing that he did. He was perfect. And yet you poured all of uh, the wrath and sin upon him to take the penalty for us. And uh, again, uh, we thank you for that, that it's nothing we've done unmerited um, to receive your blessings Uh, and your blessings are unlimited. And we just uh thank you that we are living in the uh reign of grace and what that means to each and every one of us who are believers. And we just uh we thank you again just for all your plans and not our plans. And uh, the fact that it's all of, of what you do, nothing of what we do other than simple faith. So we just uh, rest in all of your truths. And we thank you again for all of your love uh expressed to each and every one of us each and every day. And again, we just uh, thank you for this time of opening up your word. We pray in the next services. We open up the word, just prepare our hearts to receive it. And we do all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.